I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. We've heard a lot about drone strikes recently. They were the subject of that leaked memo authorizing the killing of U.S. citizens who become operational leaders within al-Qaeda or its branches. The White House is under growing pressure to make that target selection process more transparent, especially when the target is an American. Such was the case of Muslim cleric Anwar al-Awlaki. He was killed in September 2011 by a U.S. drone strike in Yemen. Alaki was a U.S.-born American citizen and an operational leader of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Turns out the CIA tracked him down with the help of a double agent with Denmark's intelligence service, the PET. That's according to the Danish newspaper Jyllandsposten. Orla Borg is with the paper. He's one of the co-winners of the European Press Prize for a story about double agent Morton Storm. Borg says he received a call from Storm in October 2011 and later interviewed him for 120 hours to check out his extraordinary account. It appears that Morton Storm back in 1997 converted to Islam and traveled to Yemen to study Islam and study Arabic. And there he had become friends with Anwar al-Awlaki, whom he met in the capital of Yemen, Sana. How do we know that's true, that in 97 he, he had this conversion? Well, we did know, and some of the other stories we didn't know. But when we started to ask him questions, he showed us pictures from that time. He played recordings with conversations he would have had with Avlaki over the phone. He played videos with Avlaki. He showed us emails and the way they were decrypted when they were writing together over the Internet or on Facebook or through USB sticks. So it was obvious that what he was telling us was the truth and that it was possible for us as newspaper people to actually document it. Now, according to Morton Storm's narrative, he had been a sympathizer of Anwar al-Awlaki, but he says it was a series of complicated events that prompted a crisis of faith and left him disillusioned with the cause of jihad. Do you know what it was? What were those events? Morton Storm is an extremist in every way. When he does something, he does it to the extreme. Once he became a Muslim... He went into Islam and became a jihadist and an extremist. And he wanted so much to go and fight for Islam. This was in 2005, where in Somalia, the Islamic courts had actually gained control of a quite large area of Somalia, and they were trying to install the Sharia. Now, Morton Storm had friends there, and he was prepared to fight jihad there. But then he got a call from the friends in Somalia saying, don't come here, the Ethiopian troops have taken control, so if you land here, they'll arrest you right away. At that time, in Morton Storm's mind, he was all dressed up but had nowhere to go then. And he says that that started frustration inside him that actually made him doubt what he was about to do. And then he turned totally around and turned against Islam and started working for the Danish intelligence service. You know, I assume it's standard operating procedure that intelligence agencies like the CIA and MI6 and and the Danish PET would not permit agents and double agents to talk about their activities. Isn't he putting himself in danger doing this? Yeah, definitely, because now the al-Qaeda will know that he had helped the Americans locate Avlaki. And in this process, we asked him several times, we would like to do your story, but we'd like to do it anonymously, give another name, and so on. But he said, no, I want my name out. 
there was also something just driving him that that's kind of inexplicable to me. I mean, he took a quarter million dollars in cash from the Danish Secret Service to keep quiet, and yet he didn't. He had something else driving him. Do you know what that was? I think it's some sort of pride. You have to remember that before Morten Storm became a Muslim, he was a member of a biker's gang. And in that environment, pride, acknowledgement really matters. We've asked him ten times, why do you want to step forward with this when you can live a quiet life? And his answer has always been, I want people to know what I've done and who I am. My family and friends think that within the last six years I've been a total Islamist, whereas I've been helping fighting terrorism, and I'm proud of that. The Danish intelligence offered him $250,000 to keep quiet. Now, if anybody gave anybody else an offer like that, they would take the money and run. So why doesn't he? I mean, he wants some recognition for his actions. I mean, I I would imagine that in a court of law, if this were a trial, the prosecution would point to Morton Storm and say, are you really going to trust a guy like this? Yes, and that's what we asked ourselves the first couple of times we met him. So we've interviewed him over 120 hours, and we've documented every single thing we have put in the paper. And we believe his story is true. The only place where we really can't prove his story is that the CIA say, yes, Morton Storm, you did work for us, you did help us, you did try to track down Avlaki for us, but it wasn't your mission that actually led to the tracking down and the killing of Avlaki. There was a different parallel mission that actually led us, i.e. the Americans, to Avlaki. So we've never been able to prove that it was his mission that led to Avlaki, but we have documented very strongly that he tried, together with the CIA and the Danish intelligence, to do so. Ola Borg with the Danish newspaper Jyllands Posten. Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome.